Welcome back, ladies and gentlemen, and more importantly, welcome back, Giants fans, to another episode of the Say Hey Podcast, the podcast that is home to all things Giants baseball. Folks, before we dive into today's show, I would like to take a moment to let you know that you can find the Say Hey Podcast on Spotify and Apple Podcasts. If you like what you're hearing, then don't be afraid to subscribe. And if you really like the show, then make sure to leave a review. But most importantly, make sure to spread the word. With that being said, let's dive right in. everybody it's me again James Donahue your favorite host of your favorite podcast the say hey podcast we are now officially listening to episode 34 I believe but if it's not go ahead and double check me and I've got great news for you all today you won't just have to listen to my voice by itself today yes thank god James your voice is annoying I know. Moving on. Yes, folks, that's right. We have a guest on today's show by the name of Mark Sanchez. No, not the legendary butt fumble QB Mark Sanchez. No, no, more like the legendary Giants beat writer for KMBR, Mark W. Sanchez. And for those of you that do not know, KMBR is the sports leader and your radio home for the San Francisco Giants and 49ers. Luckily for me and luckily for you guys as well, Mark and I, we talked about a lot of great things. Now, I won't tell you everything that we talk about in the interview because, you know, I still need to make sure that you stick around to listen to all the good things that Mark and I talk about. But one thing I will say and that probably something that's good for you to know heading into this interview is that the Giants actually have signed utility infielder and left-handed bat Tommy LaStella to a three-year deal worth $19.5 million. So that works out to about $6.5 million per year on average. So really quick, what do we know about him? Well, we know that in 2019, he produced a 295 batting average. He hit 16 home runs and 44 RBIs, which is a performance that actually earned him an all-star appearance in 2019. And if we look at the 2020 season for Listello, we can see that he continues to produce a solid batting average. He produced a batting average of 281, and he was on pace to hit 15 homers and 74 RBIs. But this is particularly exciting because he in 2020 he produced a 303 batting average and a 906 OPS against right-handed pitching which is exactly what Farhan wanted he wanted to go out and acquire a left-handed bat that produces very very well against right-handed pitching so along with this most recent acquisition Mark and I talk about where he fits defensively because he can play third second and first And we also talk about moves that still need to be made for the Giants front office and the trajectory of the team as a whole, along with many other things. But first, before we get to the interview, folks, please head on over to Twitter and give Mark a follow at Mark capital W Sanchez. Don't worry, we address this whole Mark Sanchez issue in the interview. It's really fun, really, really good time. And I guarantee you at the end of the interview, you will be way more informed as a Giants fan than you were before listening to this interview. Again, everybody, head on over to Twitter, follow Mark Sanchez, Mark W. Sanchez, and there you'll find all the articles that he writes on the Giants for KMBR. And just to let you all know, 
Mark is definitely one of my first choices when I have to go and do research for the Giants and provide you guys with such great content. So make sure you're following him. You're not going to miss out. All right, that's it. I promise. I'm done. All right, here we go. Here comes the interview. Three, two, one. All right, what is going on, everybody? Welcome back to another episode of the Say Hey Podcast. I have a special guest with me here today. We have Mark, not the QB, Sanchez today. Mark W. Sanchez. Mark, how's it going? Thank you for clarifying. I, I don't want to trick your readers. Uh, yeah. It's going well. How are you doing? Good, good. So first off, everybody, I need everyone to go follow Mark on Twitter. It's at Mark, capital W, Sanchez. And the reason why is because along with Alex Pavlovic, Mark is another very, very trusted insider, in my opinion. I think he does really, really great work. He writes a lot of great articles. And he's the Giants beat writer for KMBR. So something that him and I both share is our love for the Giants. But unlike me, Mark actually gets paid to talk and write about the Giants. Um, but Mark, something else I also noticed in your Twitter bio is that it says you used to be the beat writer for New York Sports Post. Is that correct? Uh, not a beat writer, but I was at the New York Post for five years, six years, something like that. Gotcha. So obviously you lived in New York, correct, during that time? Uh, right outside New York. I was in Hoboken for, for most of my time there, which is the New Jersey side. Um, but yeah, I, I came up there. So I, I graduated University of Maryland, uh, journalism school there. I got an internship at at the Post where I was a copy editor in sports. Um, those back pages that you see with the witty headlines, that was gotcha. part of my job. Uh, and I did still that, but I started working uh I became the beat writer for the minor leagues. So I would profile Yankees and Mets prospects and, and those guys. Um, and from there, I kind of fell in love with writing about baseball and found this job with the, uh, with KNBR and moved across the country because I really want to write baseball. That's, that's really interesting. So was it a situation where you were like, I just wanted to take a next step as long as it was baseball, I want to take that next step. Or were you particularly interested in the giants? The Giants were completely random. Uh, <laughs> I, <laughs> I did not grow up here. I grew up in New Jersey. I've, I've been on the East Coast my whole life. Um, I, as I got the job, I read just about everything I could because, you know, a whole lot of catching up to do that right. sort of institutional knowledge that everyone else has here. Uh, <laughs> that was a longer process for me. But I loved writing about baseball. I loved the community. I loved um the people everywhere. I mean, it's some of the best people in the world. And like, I got a taste of it in, uh, in New York. And if you know anything about that, that life, it's a, it's a tough one to break into where I could be there for 10, 15 years and still be waiting for, you know, the Yankees or Mets beat writer to, to move on. Uh, yeah. So. Yeah. I, I was going to say, what, what do you think is the biggest differences with writing about the Yankee and the New York teams versus like writing about the Giants, in your opinion, what has been like the differences in your experience? There are a lot of differences. Um, I mean, there's crazy amount of differences just in every part of life from one coast to the other. Right. Um, but I, I, I'll say one of the story I like to tell is when I, when I came over here, I don't know, a couple of weeks into the job, uh, a Giants player had not performed well and then left the locker room before, you know, media could get there. Uh, so we didn't talk with him. And it was, 
I mean, I think a couple of people mentioned it in their stories, but it was nothing big. Uh, that same week, Clint Frazier, Yankees outfielder, made a couple errors in the field, uh, sort of lost them a game, and then was not there for uh, to talk to the media. And then the back page of the Post the next day called for him to be traded because oh, how dare he not talk to the media and how dare he stiff us like this. Um, I, I thought it was a pretty illustrative difference in how the teams are covered. Uh, where here, I think they try to work with the guys a little bit more and um, more understanding, I'll say. Where in New York, if you mess up, uh, they're coming for your neck. It's it's literally cutthroat. They're coming for your head. Um, did I, I, I'm just so curious how players react to that. Do you have any idea how, you know, like Giancarlo Stanton, he's been, you know, somewhat a little bit underwhelming since coming to New York, but... Do you have any idea or any experience of how players respond to fan bases that are so harsh and cutthroat? Stanton's a good example because, you know, he was, you know, their big pricey addition a couple of years back. And then the opening series, or maybe it was the opening game, he struck out a few times and then he was getting booed by fans. Uh, right. It is very much, I, I do buy into you sort of need to have skin thick enough to survive in those markets. Right. Um, there are so many examples of guys who go to New York and don't really pan out and then they go elsewhere and with the very much softer media glare and fan base glare, then they sort of come into their own. Uh, I, I, I'm not sure I've got like the, the perfect story, but there are a lot of guys like that where you you really need to be trained and have that uh, sort of mindset to survive there. Very, very interesting. I don't know how how well I would be able to survive. Um, now, something I mentioned earlier on is that you're not the QB, Mark Sanchez. Do you have any fun stories uh, regarding, you know, maybe like, say you call in to make a reservation. Yeah, hello, party of two, Mark Sanchez. And then, you know, would it were, was there media waiting for you at that restaurant or is there any kind of fun stories revolving your name? I, I have a million stories involving <laughs> my name. Uh some of them publishable. Um, <laughs> but uh, I, I think my favorite is when I recently had started at the New York Post and uh, I wrote a bunch of stories. I was careful to have the Mark W. Sanchez byline just to right. uh, signify that I'm not that guy. And an NFL agent then called uh, furious at Brian Costello, the Jets beat writer at the New York Post and said, um, you guys can't do this. Like i I don't know what your big plan is, but you can't pretend like Mark Sanchez is working for you. Oh, uh, my so that, God. He was he was still in the league. He was uh, still very much a figure. And the guy was convinced that that this was like a big sham put on by the post. Uh, got a bunch of stories like that. And my name always needs explaining. Um, it's uh, it, it's for better or worse. It has stuck with me really wherever I've gone. And in my opinion, I feel like your Mark Sanchez name will live on way more than the previous Mark Sanchez. Uh, again, everybody, please follow him on Twitter. All right, so let's go ahead and get into what you and I both love to do, talk about the Giants. Um, first and foremost, I just kind of want to hear your general thoughts about this offseason so far, because although it hasn't been the loudest in terms of acquiring the biggest names, it's definitely been um, active for sure. The Giants have signed seven players this offseason. What are your what are your thoughts on the players they have signed? 
agreed that it has not been the loudest. It, it's been a very much Farhan offseason. All of these moves make sense. They're all practical, uh, but they don't have the splash that I'm sure a lot of fans would, would like right about now. Um, they all make a lot of sense. When you're roster building, when you need to construct a rotation, when you need you know a lefty bat up, up the middle and you get Lestella who... Uh, never strikes out and fits that vision perfectly. When um, you get Kirk Asali, who honestly was a pretty surprising and good deal that they got him for. Uh, the rotation help that they've gotten, even just re-signing Gossman, uh, Sclafani, Alex Wood. It's a very high upside, very low uh, ceiling. It can go bust easily. But you see what they're doing. Um, in a way that makes a lot of sense. But it, at the same time, I'm not sure that can turn into a playoff appearance um, when you're playing in a division that probably has the two best teams in baseball. Uh, Correct. I would definitely agree with you on that. And I think when I, when I talk on my show, I try to tell people, like, we're going to get entertaining baseball field. Or, excuse me, we're going to get an entertaining baseball team on our field. We're going to watch really, really good baseball I'm not necessarily sure if the Giants, I agree with you, Mark, are necessarily ready to make a playoff contention unless we get expanded playoffs um, again. But in your opinion, uh, do you think these are the types of moves, as long as Farhan's in charge, do you think these are the type of moves that we can expect uh, moving forward as years to come? Yes, but I do think that eventually there will be some splash to it. Um, Look, they could have gone out and signed Trevor Bauer and uh, George Springer this offseason. And I still think they're not in the same weight class as the Dodgers and Padres. Um, Correct. They, they could have put a whole lot of money to it and constructed, you know, a uh, pretty high payroll and they're still not uh, really in their class. Um, so they, what they've done is they've made moves that make sense for now and in a couple cases make sense for later. Um, you know, Tommy Listello is getting a three-year deal that, a little bit older, but he is one of the few guys who they, uh, you know, said, all right, we can build around him. He can be a piece who can be here for, for a little while. Um, I think in future off seasons, especially next off season that has the huge free agent class where, you know, Trevor Story or Carlos Correa, I'd expect them to make big runs at really both of them and, and try to try to land one. Uh, they're trying to time it so that those big additions can be made while the prospects come up and we really haven't seen any of the top prospects other than Joey Bart last season and that was just a taste of him and he uh, clearly needs more work so they're building for that future and I think they're trying to time it so that you know they can have the big additions and they can have the big prospects up at one time yeah I agree I think something that I'm definitely feeling very very grateful for especially when you see moves like Colorado trading Nolan Arenado and when you see the Pittsburgh Pirates trading everything that just on the field everything that breathes everything that moves everything that swings a bat something I'm definitely grateful for is that Farhan somehow found a balance of providing something that's entertaining for people while also building this farm system and rebuilding this team at the same time Um, I think it's funny how you mentioned Trevor Story because I would also love the Giants to go get Trevor Story some theory that I developed was maybe that there's definitely talks of uh, Luciano being able to play third. You know, maybe the Giants can move him over to third and then they go out and sign Trevor Story. 
I'm not sure, but I also agree with you that the big splash is coming in my opinion. I feel like, but at this time, you know, we just have to be content with the moves that are being made and we'll also just enjoy, you know, moves like Tommy LaStella. I think it's definitely going to be interesting to see where he fits defensively. What, what are your thoughts on that? Where he can fit on the diamond from, uh, from day to day. I think he fits a whole lot of needs uh, on this roster that last year they had no lefty hitting third baseman behind Longoria. So, you know, he had no bleak issue. He was dealing with for pretty much the entire season and they had no one else to really turn to. Um, second base, they have, they're pretty deep there with, with Solano and with Wilmer Flores, um, but they didn't have and don't have a, a lefty hitting option until he came aboard. Um, you know, if something happens to Brandon Belt, lacella has got experience at first base too and can sub in pretty you know seamlessly there he's not a great defender he's not someone who you know is going to win a gold glove but he can do a lot and that's exactly the the Farhan Zaidi vision Um, and at the bat he is the Farhan Zaidi you know if you could make something out of mold that's that's what he would be uh he's twice as many walks as strikeouts last season he puts the bat on the ball at all times you know against Top pitching, he will be, hang in there for good at bats. Uh, he's got pop, which I don't know how you can both increase your power and increase your contact at the same time, but that's what he's been doing of late. That in 2019, I think 16 homers. Um, yeah, he's he's a very good player, and I think that's why they are comfortable enough to go the third year with him, which is you know the longest deal of the Farhan era so far, um, because he just fits so many needs offensively and defensively. Yeah, I definitely agree with you. And I can't help but be excited because this move, like you just said, is very Farhan. You know, when you look at the team that he constructed in L.A., in the Dodgers, you see players like Kike Hernandez. You see players like Chris Taylor. You see players like Austin Barnes, Max Muncie, Cody Bellinger. And one thing that they all have in common is that they're multiple position eligible. And I think Farhan, uh, from what I am seeing, he cares about putting bats in the lineup. Not necessarily, you know, the best defense but he wants the bats in the lineup um and i think getting players that are multiple position eligible it definitely gets me excited and you know talking about the giants you see mauricio dubon you know he's definitely multiple position eligible and you know wilmer flores is multiple position and tommy lastella i I agree i think it's the perfect fit is there anyone that the giants haven't gotten yet that you really really want them to go out and sign right now I'm not sure I've got a guy in particular, uh, but I will say they pretty much desperately need starting pitching help. Um, yeah. you know, they've got they've got five guys who they can roll out there, assuming that Logan Webb is is part of that. Um, and I, he definitely wants to be part of that. Uh, but they're going to need many more than five. Uh, their next best prospect that they can bring up is Sean Jelly. Uh, and who knows where he's at because he was not in the alternate site last year. Uh, they don't have good depth there in the minor leagues. And next year, it's or this year, it's going to be more important than ever because, you know, Johnny Cueto led them in innings last year at, I think, 63. Uh, right. Normally, if a guy throws 63 innings one year, then you curtail his innings the next year because, you know, you're fearful of Tommy John or uh, shoulder injuries or something like that uh, sparking up. Um, the fact that they've only got really five plus six when BD comes back, uh, starting pitchers who are going to be available come May, uh, that's going to need to drastically change. I'd expect uh, at least two, probably three or four 
um, legitimate major league arms who've had, you know, starting pitching experience that they can store a triple A or they can have, you know, a six man rotation to start the year. Um, they're going to really, you know, whoever is their number eight starter is going to get a lot of innings this year. Right. And right now they don't really have that. And that's something that Farhan is active, actually come out and said, correct? That he like really wants at least seven or eight pitchers because in his opinion, like the more depth, the better. And that's, you know, very, very Farhan. Um, you know, me as a Giants fan, I would love for them to go get a player like Jake Odorizzi um, or a player like James Paxton. But based off the moves that have been made this year, that might actually be a little too loud for Farhan. You know, I would love for him to go get those big names. Uh, but I honestly wouldn't see him or excuse me. I honestly wouldn't be surprised if we see him take a chance on like a Jake Arrieta or, or Mike fulton you know, players that are injured, but they're trying to come back and trying to prove that they still have something left, which, you know, in my opinion, is kind of the same story with additions like Alex Wood and Desclafani. They're choosing to bank on themselves and sign a one-year deal because they know they can prove that they can go out and get another contract. Yeah, I definitely agree. The, excuse me, rotation definitely needs some help. What about like players that have been signed already? And like, were, were there players like, you know, for me, David Dahl, Garrett Richards, Jock, Jock Peterson, they were all players that I really, really would have liked to see the Giants go out and sign. Um, are there players that have been signed that you would have liked to see the Giants go out and get? Well, I'll say the one who hasn't been signed yet is Jackie Bradley Jr., who yeah. he makes a lot of sense. Um, you know, their, their one real need is another center fielder because, you know, their backup center fielder right now is, is Mike Yastrzemski. And he does not play a great center field. I, they they like him way more in right. Um, and Mauricio Devon showed a lot last year, both with the bat and and with his glove. But he seems more like a platoon guy because he did not hit righties well at all. Um, right. Jackie Bradley Jr.'s got the lefty bat. He's got a glove that is probably not as good as it once was when he was a gold glover, but it's still you know above average, very good center field defense. Uh, big Oracle Park outfield, it makes a whole lot of sense. Right. Um, but there's going to be competition there uh, that, you know, I'm, I'm not sure they are willing to go three years for an outfielder when their minor league depth is pretty well stacked in the outfield, although it's debatable whether they have a, a true center fielder at this point. Um, the, the pitching market, I'm I'm curious about. Uh, you you mentioned Odorizzi. I think he makes a good amount of sense, but I, I think he probably is going to command a multi-year deal, which right. I'm not sure where, uh, if they'll be comfortable with that. Um, I've been on the lookout for, for Paxton, uh, but at the same time, he's repped by Scott Boris. Uh, mm. A couple of those guys are, and I'm not convinced that Boris would give, would um, advise them to take the one year show me contract rather than, you know, if they can get two or three and guarantee a couple of million um, up front. Um, yeah, so that for makes that a lot reason, of sense. I, yeah, I, I think that uh, there's a little group of them that I think would make sense if they were open to one-year deals, but I kind of don't think they will be. So you think that's pretty much what they've been trying to do? That's definitely the, you know, looking at these past acquisitions, the majority have been one-year deals. Um, in your opinion, why do you think that is? You know, like, is it just because there's so much money coming off the payroll already, you know, with Brandon Bell, Brandon Crawford, you know, Posey, Johnny Cueto, there's a lot of money coming off the payroll at the end of this upcoming season. Is that a reason why 
um, they're signing all these one-year deals? Uh, yes, although I do think that we're going to see a lot of one-year rotation deals um, just because of how finicky starting pitching can be. Uh, right. It's sort of rare that they're going to sign a position player deal to, right, at, right now to a, a multi-year deal because they don't want to block anyone. Um, like part of the thinking with Lostella is, you know, we don't have another third baseman or second baseman who's about to come up the next year or two um, where this guy would be blocking. I think the closest is, is Will Wilson. And uh, I don't think he's played a bit above eight ball. So he's got a, at least two years to go. Um, right. So I, I think with position players, that's a big part of the thinking is we'll, we'll get these one year deals, but if there's, you know, if the pipeline isn't there, then we'll extend it two or three. With rotation, uh, I think we're going to see a lot of one-year deals because, you know, pitchers are great, and then suddenly they lose two miles on their fastball and they fall off a cliff. Um, right. They're trying to identify the the guys who can be good for for longer than one year, um, but there just are not a lot of sure things. I think even Trevor Bauer is not the sure thing that some people think. Um, so they're, and the other thing is one-year deals, you know, you can get the best look at the guy, a guy like Kevin Gossman, and then you think, all right, this guy we can project will be, his stuff is good enough. So if he loses some, you know, velocity in his fastball, then he still can be a competitive pitcher. Um, and that's the benefit of having them in, in your system for right. that one year is you can get the best look at how this guy projects down the road. So it kind of seems like they're just trying to get fillers because they're low risk, basically. Uh, would you would you agree? I'd, I'd agree. Um, the the risk more is in not being able to field a, a rotation. <laughs> right, uh, right. Because because right now they've got five starters and uh, you know Desclafani and Wood barely pitched last season and Cueto was very bad last season and Logan Webb had a rough year. Um, so the, the risk is there is so much volatility there. But in terms of, you're right, in terms of building a team for a long time, uh, they do not want to be tied up in these contracts if a guy, you know, could go bust. And just about their entire rotation, you know, Gossman is sort of a sure thing, I would say, at least as, you know, at, at least a league average pitcher. But that's as good as they have right now. Yeah, yeah. I Something I also wonder is, are they going to try to flip these one-year deals in terms of pitching? for in trades, you know, going out and either strengthening their farm system or, you know, getting more permanent pieces that they can see for their future. What do you think about that? No, that that's a good point too, where, especially this year when the division with the Dodgers and Padres and right. uh, it's very easy to envision, uh, you know, Alex Wood putting up a very good first half for a 500 team that is 10 games back uh, of even a wild card. Um, so I think there is a lot of validity, validity to that because, uh, you know, we've seen it from Farhan in the past that he can sort of get the max value for a lot of these guys. And he can also figure out how these guys should be used, where if you flip, if Wood is not pitching well and you flip him to the bullpen, um, as he was used partly with the Dodgers last year, uh, then he looks good for brief stints. Then suddenly that can turn into, you know, a pretty good prospect from another, another team. Um, right. There's, there is a, a lot of value to these guys in that um, maybe they can throw you 150 innings and have good seasons and help you win games. 
or maybe they can, you know, have a good half a season for you and you can flip that for a good prospect. And that's part of the thinking here, I, I guess, with uh, the one-year deals. Absolutely. So let's just say like the Giants miss out on Jackie Bradley Jr. Would you, in your opinion, do you think that they're just going to be like, okay, we missed out on him. There's no sense in getting anyone else. Now we just have to focus on what we do have. Or do you think there's, you know, backup plans to Jackie Bradley Jr.? There are other center fielders out there. And forgive me, I I, I, uh, I don't have the list in front of me. No, uh, no, no worries. Um, but, so, uh, sorry, go ahead. But, no, but but Bradley is the sort of jewel of the class. And anyone else would be, um, you know, a one-year deal for, for not very much um, as sort of just a placeholder to see if they can get better at-bats um, against righties. Uh, he is the one who would be a multi-year deal, would be a, you know, a mitigated splash, I'll say. Um, but other than that, I, I think they'll add someone at the very least, um, but it might not be someone who excites fans very much. Right, right, yeah. So hopefully they do get him. Otherwise, you know, some names I was looking at were like Brian Goodwin, Tyler Naquin, um, and also actually another sneaky name, I, in my opinion, I think is Nomar Mazzara. Um, just because he hits the ball so hard. And I feel like, you know, when you hit the ball really hard and you're making great contact, when you do hit the ball, I think there's a little something there. I feel like all he needs is to be in the right offense, um, particularly the Giants offense. Um, so, but, you know, hopefully the Giants can get Jackie Bradley Jr. But, you know, we'll just have to wait and see. Now, in terms of like this upcoming season, are there players who are already on the Giants, you know, like household names, returning players that you are particularly excited to watch? I love watching Wilmer Flores hit. Yeah. Uh, he, I, I saw him for a little while in New York, um, and he was a different hitter than he is now. Uh, that he has sort of bought into the Giants way of hitting, which means, you know, you focus in, you tunnel in on one pitch or one area of the zone and sort of ignore it otherwise. Uh, I remember at one point last season, he said he was trying to fix his two count um, mindset or two two strike mindset because you know normally he would shorten up the swing a little bit just try to put the bat on the ball and the Giants coaches have been telling him don't do that you know you look for a pitch to pound and ignore anything else so if you happen to strike out on a good pitch that you're not looking for that's okay but you'll hit more you know naturally more power that way and last season in last you know the abbreviated 60 game season he had more home runs than he did a year prior where I thought he really showed what the Giants like, that he can play an okay defense, but he can really beat up on lefty pitching. And yeah, he hit righty pitching well too last year. Um, and really, you know, he is one of the success stories of this uh, hitting trio that they have, because you could tell he the mindset was different and you could tell, you know, the on base went up, the power went up. He's just a lot of fun to watch. Yeah, that's actually, wow, really great perspective that you've been able to witness is him in New York and also him in a Giants uniform. But I agree, like the man was on fire. He was on pace to reach 30 home runs, which would have been the most out of his entire career by a landslide. You know, he had 12 home runs last year in the abbreviated season. Um, and he's definitely, I talked about players on one of my episodes that I really am excited to watch based on how well they performed during the second half. He was definitely one of those guys because even though towards the second half of last season, he kind of dipped a little bit. 
he kind of figured out how to get things back together again towards the last week um, against the Padres. He, I think he had like two home runs in two, two days. So in my, my opinion, I think the power stays. Uh, he's definitely not going to be a high average type of hitter, uh, but I'm definitely excited for him to keep supplying that power. He's Another been around a while too. Like he, it's not like, you know, right. here's this 23 year old who sort of came into his own, uh, you know, he's been around for, I don't know, six or seven years, late twenties or so. I don't have his age in front of me, but the fact that he made those steps in the short season uh, with all the starts and stops, I, I want to see what he can do in a full season with, you know, this new sort of mindset. Yeah. I wonder what happens when we don't have the DH, you know, what, what, where, where does he fit defensively? Yeah, that's a good question. Uh, I'm curious about what they do with Donovan Solano. Right. who is still not signed, who, you know, they're probably going to go to arbitration with him. Uh, they have not announced the Tommy Lostello deal yet, um, which it's possible they're just waiting until camp opens and then they can put some people on the 60-day injured list and not DFA anyone. Um, but if they don't wait till then, it's, you know, uh, Solano is a trade candidate, um, which would free up some time for Flores. Uh, you know, I they're gonna, I'm sure, try him more at third. Um, see if you can get him throwing across the diamond, which he struggled with last year. Uh, I'm sure they're gonna try to get him at second plenty. Uh, probably platoon with belt at first. It, that is the nice thing about these Farhad players and the right. ones they value. Um, you know, even if there's not an ideal day one fit for him, um, they're usually enough ways to get him into the lineup that, you know, he'll get 400, 500 at bats by year's end. Yeah. It's like the perfect situation where you have too much depth. I think that's absolutely, I agree how Farhan kind of constructs his team. Um, what are your opinions on Alex Dickerson? Cause he's quickly becoming my favorite player on the team. Um, but since he's put on a giant's uniform, the man has been smashing baseballs. Like last year was so much fun for him to watch or for me to watch. I just, I wonder if this type of production can continue. I personally think it can, uh, but what, what do you think on what we can expect next season for him? I was amazed at the season he had last year uh, because, you know, he's hit wherever he's gone. At each stage of the minors, in the majors, that's never been a question. Um, the question was whether he could stay healthy, and he never could. Even when he came over to the Giants, he was on fire for a couple of weeks and then had an oblique issue that sort of wiped out the rest of his season. Um, last year, because of the COVID protocols, they had much less time to get warmed up and get ready and actually be at the park with trainers and things like that. Right. Um, and I remember you know, spring training 2.0, him saying like, yeah, this is a concern because he had such a regimented way of doing everything to try to get his body ready. And suddenly that was thrown out the window because he could only be there, you know, an hour before uh, to get ready. Um, and then he played I, uh, among the most games, 50 some that they had last year. Uh, right. And he missed a couple just because of the, uh, because he became a dad. Uh, great story. But the fact that he had that season and continued to break out and continued to show that he has a major league bat and stayed healthy or at least relatively healthy throughout was everything he could have hoped. 
Um, this year, he's got a guaranteed contract for the first time in his baseball life, uh, and he's he's earned it. Um, right. He's a lot of fun to watch. He's a goofy guy. He's <laughs> he is funny in a in a very uh, wry sort of way, um, and he's he's very easy to root for. I just didn't think that he would be able to do it when so much of his conditioning and getting his body ready was going to be that minimized, but he found a way. And I mean, hopefully he can carry that over. Yeah, I hope so too. I think I would love to see him be a staple uh, in the giants starting roster, but you know, we'll just have to wait and see another player. I really like to see, and we can move on topics here is Austin Slater. You know, he finished the season with a 282 batting average and a 914 OPS. That wasn't something I realized. And then on top of that, he also mashed left-handed pitching, 316 batting average, 1.127 OPS against left-handed pitching. On top of all of that, he led the team in steals. So he's also another person I'm excited to watch, see if he becomes, you know, after looking at this depth, like maybe it's not the end of the world if the Giants don't get Jackie Bradley. You know, I realize Austin Slater is primarily in left, but I'm sure they could figure out something if they somehow miss on Jackie Bradley Jr. because of the depth that they do have. Slater is going to get his at-bats. Uh, he's another one where as long as he stays healthy because he's had uh, some injury concerns. And he was, man, he was making a bid for, you know, the mythical all-star game. Um, right. which didn't actually exist. But <laughs> he was as good as anyone for about a month there. Um, and then he went down and wasn't really the same when he came back because I'm sure he was fighting through things and also just picking up from nothing and, because you don't have minor league at bats to get you ready, it's uh that sort of watered down his numbers. But yeah. he is has the upside that not a whole lot of guys in the Giants do, frankly. Like he could be an all-star player, um, especially when you're platooning against lefties. Uh, and he's a very good defender. He's got a good arm. He's really the whole deal when everything's right. And he's another one who is a real success story for the Giants organization because in the last two years, the swing has been tweaked each offseason. Uh, you talk to Giants coaches and they will point him out as among the hardest workers that they have. Love because, that. Because he, you know, he really wanted to become a major league hitter and he ha had to add more loft to his swing. He had to be really in-depth with scouting reports to figure out which pitches that he could hit and which to lay off. And now he's got one of the best eyes on the team because which is reflecting his on base percentage, because he knows himself and knows what he should be swinging at and what he shouldn't. Uh, it's just a question of whether he can stay healthy and how many at bats there'll be to go around. Um, the only downside with him apart from the health is that he's not really a center fielder. Um, right. So if you have him in, in right, then he's competing, then he's platooning with, Mike Yastrzemski, uh, and left, they sort of have Dickerson and, and Ruff, presuming he actually comes back. So there's just a lot of jumble there, and at the moment, no DH. So that's going to be tough for them to sort of navigate. Again, too much depth, but, you know, uh, on, a, on a bad day, that's definitely a good problem to have. Um, okay, so this next question is kind of for fun, because personally, I don't think the Giants are necessarily ready to make a trade, uh, but it's always fun to kind of just think about trade ideas. Uh, especially considering the division that we play in and seeing all the Padres make those trades and the Dodgers make those trades. Um, on a previous show, I talked about, you know, this could be crazy, but the Giants going out and actually trading for Bryce Harper. 
Um, and I talked about how his contract, you know, for an elite talent is actually really, really team friendly. Um, and I think it would definitely be easy for the Giants to build around him, considering that when Farhan inherited the pre- the farm system that he did when he signed, it was like ranked 25th or 26th worst in the MLB. And then now um, far, the farm system ranks like, I don't know, like 13th, I think 12th or 13th best in the league. Um, in my opinion, I think the Giants have the tools to build uh, around him, but it's like, obviously it's a very scary contract. Uh, but another name I also talked about was John Means. He's a pitcher for the Baltimore Orioles, the starting pitcher. Um, I thought what he did during the second half of the 2020 season was absolutely phenomenal. And he's still on his rookie contract. Another Baltimore player who, uh, you know, I'm referring to Michael Shremsky here, but another Baltimore player that was buried in their farm system for a very long time. Um, but I think he would definitely be someone that's like financially good, but also he's just a great pitcher in my opinion. Uh, yeah, the Giants love Orioles players. Yeah, they uh, they jumped on Joey Rickard too. Um, right. I I don't think that the Orioles are in much of a position to deal away from any strength or any pitching. Uh, right. That's going to be the uh, the problem there. Uh, Bryce Harper is interesting because you know the, the Phillies are now. I mean, they are signaling to everyone that they are in real financial danger. Um, right. And that's why they've been a lot quieter this offseason than, than you might expect. Um, and if they have a rough season this year uh, and if fans are not allowed back into the stands or at least a, at least many fewer are than usual, you do wonder if they give a long look at that contract and say, we are not sure we can really handle this anymore. Um, Kapler loves... Bryce Harper. Uh, he compares he compares people to Bryce Harper when he's trying to be uh, <laughs> as flattering as possible. Um, the the Giants have more money, are better set than most of the teams in the league. Right. Um, having said that, we have not seen the Will Wilson trade like we did last year, uh, where they ate up thirteen million dollars of Zach Cozart's uh, contract. Oh, right. So that they could get a top prospect. Um, they are not in the financial position that they have that they were last year, uh, and no one is. So that's why these big money trades are where one team eats another contract are not really happening right now. Um, but in a year, if the Giants feel way better about their financial position and the Phillies don't, uh, which honestly there's a decent chance, yeah, uh, you, you do wonder if they take a long look at, at Harper's contract and say it's no longer for us. Yeah, I I think the only reason why was because I feel like, correct me if I'm wrong, but I think weren't the Giants one of the top finalists for Harper when he was deciding in 2018? So at, uh, at this point, it's like the Phillies have only won four more games than the Giants since 2018. You know, the the, sh- the shift of both teams have has changed drastically, where in my opinion, I feel like the Phillies are a bit of on the downward and the Giants are actually heading upward. Um but also, again, my huge point of the argument was focused around his contract. Bryce Harper's getting paid like $26 million a year, and he's going to be getting paid that average annual salary for like the next seven years. So if you look back seven years ago, the most expensive contract was like $28 million, and I think it was Zach, uh, Zach Ranke's LA Dodgers contract. So seven years ago, Bryce Harper still is not being paid the most, 
And if you fast forward seven years from now, I feel like you're going to be looking at contracts at an average annual salary of like upwards in the 40 million a year, 44 million a year. So in my opinion, I feel like, like his, yes, it's 13 years, but it's not going to change. So I, I don't know. Uh, maybe I'm just hoping for the best, but at the end of the day, it's probably not the right fit for the Giants. No, it's a, it's a fun thought experiment, at least. Right. What, what uh, what's going to be curious is how much the big free agents get next year. Um, you know, we talked about Correa and Story. Uh, you know, if they're looking for outfield help, I mean, Conforto, even if you put Chris Bryant out there, um, like those are legitimate big names who can be of immediate help to, to the Giants. Oh, yeah, that'd and, be crazy. Yeah, and would be, you know, you're talking seven, eight-year deals. Um, whereas Harper, you're giving up prospects for. You also right. do not think he can play center field. And you're pretty loaded at if far away with corner outfield prospects. Um, so the, the fit is not perfect, but, you know, if it's a Bryce Harper and the Phillies are looking to deal him, I mean, that's a, that's fun. Yeah, that, that'd be fun ball for sure. All right, Mark, I'm going to leave you with one last question. Um, now, in your opinion, and this is just for, you know, some advice or something to look forward to for the listeners of this podcast, in your opinion, over the next maybe three years or five years, what type of trajectory do you think the Giants are on? Um, is it upwards? I personally think it's upwards. I think like within the next three years, I feel like they can make a strong push for the playoffs, not necessarily the division for obvious reasons named the Padres and the Dodgers. Um, but at least, you know, the next five years for sure being a really strong team uh, for the playoffs for sure. Yeah. They're in trouble if it's downward. They, yeah, they, put yeah. a, they put a lot of hope into the next couple of years. Uh, you know, I think they are on an upward trajectory, but it's, it's a trajectory. It's not, I don't think they're one year away. Um, I and even if that. they add a couple of big free agents next season, uh, you know, they are really going to be defined by the Marco Luciano's and the Luis Matos's and uh, Hunter Bishop's. And these are guys who haven't even played eight ball in, in a lot of cases. Um, That's a great you know, point. As much, as much hype around Luciano as exists, and for good reason, you know, he's not going to be up next year. If he's up in two years, that's actually a coup for the Giants and would speak well of him. Um, they don't have the ready-made top prospects that some other teams do. And especially in the NOS as it's constructed, I'm not sure they're in a position to really compete for this season or the season after that. Um, I'd say 2023 is when you really hope that, you know, those guys and Elliot Ramos and Seth Corey that's when you hope that they've established themselves and shown that they're ready. And at that point, hopefully you have, you know, uh, Carlos Correa or a Trevor Story um, and a couple of the big names signed so that they can sort of merge at the same time. So I do think that they're heading the right direction, but I, I think it's going to be, you're still a while away. I agree. Well, you know, even though we may not be playoff ready, there's still plenty of baseball to be, you know, excited about. Um, Again, I love that Farhan's been able to still provide some type of entertaining product on the field uh, while also, you know, rebuilding. I don't know what I would do if I was a Rockies fan right now. I don't know what I would do if I was a Pirates fan right now, but I'm definitely feeling grateful for sure that we have Farhan. It could for sure be worse. We're seeing a whole lot worse out there. Yeah. All right, Mark, not the quarterback Sanchez. Thank you so much for stopping by. Oh, wait. Okay. 
So you live in the Bay Area, correct? I do. Alameda. Okay. Yeah. Are you a big sandwich guy? Huh. Uh, I'm a medium sized sandwich guy. Like uh, like a like a deli meat, you know what I mean? Like deli meat type of sandwich. Okay. Uh, I there's... had one of the best Rubens I've ever had uh, a couple weeks back. Yeah. Okay. You have to check out Mr. Pickles. Okay. Where Ta- is that? Uh, so there's one in San Mateo. There's also one in Belmont. Um, but it's a phenomenal sandwich franchise. I personally consider myself to be a sandwich connoisseur. Um, but it's absolutely, you know, if you're feeling a sandwich, please go out uh, and try to go out and get there. I, in my opinion, I think that Tony Soprano is definitely, it's more of like an Italian based sandwich, but they also have really fun sandwiches like the McCain, um, the 49ers. So it's like a very local brand. What, what, what is the Tony Soprano? Out of curiosity. Um, I'm trying to think it's like, what, what's like a typical Italian sandwich? It's like salami. It's like ham. All the oils, salt and vinegar. Um, so it's definitely very, very uh, good in my opinion. But I just want to make sure that you hit that before. Or, you know, I don't know if you're ever going to plan to leave the Bay Area, but during your time here, please hit up Mr. Pickles. Uh, I will. And does this now get followed by a Mr. Pickles ad? Yes, yes. This is actually a sh- shameless plug here. Um, <laughs> this episode is sponsored by Mr. Pickles. You know. Um, but Mark, thank you again so much for coming on the show. This was really fun. Um, and again, definitely generous with your time. I really, really appreciate it. No, for sure, James. I appreciate the passion and Giants fans really care. Uh, this was fun. Thanks. All right. Have a good one. All right, everybody. That is going to be all for today's episode. Again, thank you so much for Mark, not the quarterback Sanchez. Again, everybody, you can follow him on Twitter at Mark W. Sanchez. Head on over there after you finish listening to this podcast. But before you go, folks, just a friendly reminder that you can find the Say Hey podcast on Spotify and Apple Podcasts. And you can also leave a rating and a review if you feel so inclined on Apple Podcasts. Again, everybody, please keep staying safe. Please keep being smart out there. But most of all, Go Giants.